Hello, my name is Cynthia, and welcome to the latest episode of Getting Your Together, a podcast where we discuss what it's like to get it all the way together, or at least attempt to, one day at a time. Hey all, this is Cynthia. Today's episode is going to be around relapse, so before I jump right into the topic. I just wanted to issue a trigger warning, sensitivity warning. I'm going to be talking about relapse and things like that. So I don't know if that is an issue for you. Maybe you would like to sit this one out. There's plenty of other content to listen to if you would like, but I just wanted to throw that out there before I get started. With that being said, let's get right into this. So this episode is going to be around relapse. So I actually think that relapse gets a bad reputation in most recovery circles. It, it's I, even the word sounds really negative and harsh, you know, and I think that allows it to cause a lot of unneeded pressure on folks trying to keep themselves clean or on the straight and narrow, right? Because you're so focused on like, I have to get it right. 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 And if you happen to slip, you're like, oh shit, I messed everything up. My life is over. Then there's no point, you know? It's hard to pull yourself back from it. I like to think that you should use it if you do happen to relapse or know someone who has. Use it as a learning opportunity. Recovery isn't linear. It's not one, you just stop your first time and that's it. A lot of times you have to go through it multiple times. You have to learn. You have to just, you know, keep going and keep trying. I think it's it's admirable just to keep trying, you know, just don't give up. So, but yeah, things happen. Life happens. That's just kind of the way that it goes. So what is relapse exactly? I mean, basically in a nutshell, it's just when a person returns their vice of choice, it could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be a myriad of things. I'm going to keep this around alcohol and drugs for this episode, just because it's easier to keep it focused that way. But if that is not your vice feel free to always apply it to what you're going through as well. So there's two well-known types of relapse and actually one I just found out about today. So I learned something new today. So that's kind of cool or interesting. So there's the traditional relapse, right? That's when you make the conscious decision to use. And I'm sure that's the one that most people are familiar with. And then there's something called the free lapse, which is when you accidentally relapse. And this is something that could be like you're at a party and someone hands you a drink and you drink it and you don't you don't realize or you didn't realize that it had alcohol in it, you know, things like that. So it's you not necessarily setting out to relapse, but it's just, you know, you got caught up in the game somewhere, you know. But one thing to really be cognizant of or aware of is that if you're if you do, if you have had a traditional relapse or you have known someone who's had who has had traditional relapses or things like that, or relapsed in general, I should say. The relapse actually is the end result, but the actions are actually in play way before you actually, you know, reach for your vice or or imbibe, you know? And when it comes to that, there's three different stages. The three are, the three stages are emotional, mental, and physical. And like when, just to, break each one down. So for emotional, it's more around like you're not being honest with yourself. That's basically what it is. You may start to crave 
the drug or you may start to crave drugs or alcohol, but brush it off and just say, or just not let it weigh on you, even though you kind of still obsess about it in a way. And then there's part of you that may want to stay sober, but then the thought of not being sober doesn't seem too bad either, you know? So that can be just, it's basically just like playing a game with yourself, you know, and just kind of being very complacent. Mental is around like glamorizing your drug alcohol use, really. When you start telling the stories, when you say, oh, that was such a good time, or do you remember when? And and then it's everything, you kind of just amp up the all the fun you thought you were having, or you remember, you'd like to remember that you had, and kind of downplay or ignore the negative or the fallout from it. And I know for me, I used to do this a lot, especially when I was slowing down my drinking, not necessarily stopping, but I would always be around like my friends and say, oh, don't you remember when that was, when you did so-and-so or we were here, you got thrown out that one time. It was kind of crazy, right? Crazy night, but it was so much fun. And, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, that's fun. And funny story, I was home or I went back to Maryland. I don't really consider it home, but I went back for the holidays to see some friends and, and see my dad, of course. And I went to one of my oldest friends, he had a party and I went and I was talking to him and I was talking to everybody there. And he was like bringing up all these stories because he knows some of my secrets, my friends, a lot of my skeletons. (laughs) He is quite aware of them. And he was talking about these stories. And I remember when I was, when before, when I wasn't really serious about being sober, I would laugh and be like, oh yeah, it was such a good time and, and like reminisce. And now he was telling me them and I'm just like, man, I was such a mess at such a young age, had so many issues with drinking. So it was sort of like, you know, I think I would be, if I went back home and those, he was telling those stories and I was kind of like in jazzed or excited about it. I think that would be a red flag for me to realize like, oh, maybe I need to, to I need to like unpack this and see why I'm really amped up and really like happy about these stories, you know? So I guess that's kind of like a way you can kind of look at it. And then, and then the physical is when you actually pick up or start using again, right? This can happen in a span of days, weeks, months, you know, this is just something just to be aware of when you start having that type of thinking, or even if you notice that pattern in someone else, or if they share that with you, it's just something to always keep at the top of mind or keep at the top of your mind as you're going through life. Some of the common risk factors when it comes to relapse or heading down the road to relapse is like triggers. I mean, I know we speak about triggers a lot in society, but I think it's um, legit. You know, a lot of the triggers you have to think about when it comes to addiction or your addiction personally, it can be social, it can be environmental. If your surroundings haven't changed that much, then more than likely you're tempting yourself more than you think you are, right? So if, like for me, I'm, I cannot be around, it's so interesting, it's weird for me, but it's like I can go to a bar and not be tempted there, but I can't go to a bar every day, you know? Because usually if I'm at a bar, I'm usually with a friend and then I'm usually involved in what they're doing or we're talking, so I'm not focused on it. But I can't just, I used to go to bars all the time by myself and then, you know, drink the day away. I can't just go to a bar by myself and just sit there. You know, that would be triggering for me. 
I also, for a long time, I was I was triggered at home because I would drink a lot by myself at home. So it was hard for me to be at home by myself because it was like triggering for me. But I slowly eased and tried to. But then I reframed my home in a way in that I could do other things here and explore and do other stuff. And so now it's kind of turning into some place I can be and feel safe and secure in. But that took time. I'm not changing that when it comes to a bar. So I just have to use my common sense and stay away. Stress. A lot of us have daily stressors in life. It's just part of the human existence. If And since a lot of our stress, we usually, in order for us to feel better about ourselves, we have a coping mechanism that would take us out of our head or make us stop or make our mind slow down or shut it down or shut our emotions down, things like that. And it's if it was if you're struggling with addiction, then of course it's that vice usually was what you ran to or tried to seek out. So now that you no longer are using that, it's kind of like you have to figure out how to replace a bad coping mechanism with something that's healthy. And if you're not aware of yourself enough or your your patterns, then that may be something that you just are not you're not thinking that you need to do. A lot of people when they're first getting sober. They maybe they, you know, start going to the gym or meditating or or I don't know, eating better, trying to try and trying new and different things. I think it's just so they can try to still get maybe that those like the serotonin or the dopamine dopamine spikes, but try to do it in a more healthy, conservative, constructive, healthy or constructive way. If you don't start doing that or if you fall back into your old patterns or become complacent again, then once you're stressed out, it's of course easy for your mind to start going down the road to what you used to do because it was like a quick fix in your mind. Some other, another risk factor is family and friends. Depending on your relationships with your family or friends, this could be triggering for you or, or this could be an issue for you. Family, when it comes to like fam, like any close relationship, if it's a dysfunctional one or a toxic one, then that is just a prime breeding ground for a relapse because you're just so on edge or anxious about things. Um, then there's also like peer pressure just from friends because I mean, your friends may not even, you may not even be aware that that's what it is. I mean, I know that I wasn't, but it's sort of like if you're used to seeing all your friends are doing the same thing, you want to be involved, you want to feel like you're included. And if they're doing something you would like, you want to participate too. So you can feel like you're being fully present in the moment with them, even though that's not really what that is. <laughs> so if you're not solid in who you are as a person or what is best for you, this is e- this can easily backfire and you could start finding yourself on the road to start, you know, edging towards a relapse, right? Because if you allow your situ- your environment to dictate what you do or what you con- what you consider healthy for you, then it's easy to just be like, okay, well, it's not too bad. You can start justifying it, which is just leading you back down the same road as you once were on or where you once were before. And then your own confidence. I mean, this kind of falls into what I was just saying, but if you don't have much confidence in yourself, you may not think that you can even stay clean. You know, it's probably like that self the self-fulfilling prophecy you have to be so if you feel like you're if you I think the best way to look at it is this if you look at your life and you say like I don't feel like I'm in control of my life as is I don't know who I am just off the rip 
I have no idea. And then you probably start thinking, well, who am I to like, who am I to stop this? You know, what, what makes it, what, why do I think that I could ever be successful? You know, what, what makes me special enough? And I think having that type of like level of self-doubt in yourself is going to also lead you right down the same path because you're in your, if you don't believe in, then who else is going to believe it? You have to be your own advocate in this because no one else can do it for you. Like you can't, like I believe so strongly that you can't get sober for someone else and you can't, uh, no one can get sober for you. No one can make you become, get sober and stay sober. Like you have to do this for your own benefit. And if you don't believe in it, then how are you going to stay on it? Like how are you going to stay on this path? Right. So, and then there's other risk factors. It could be something like, you know, surgery and getting medicine or getting prescription pills and stuff like that. There's a lot of things. These are just some of the common ones that you may see within yourself over a course of the, of your time of being in recovery, or you may see with people that you know that are struggling, just something to be mindful of, just something to take stock in, or maybe even just revisit and think through every now and then just, just to check in with yourself. It's not necessarily saying that you're going down that path. But it's nice just to be aware and do just little, like like I said, check-ins with yourself to see. <clears throat> just do little check-ins with yourself just to see where you are, how you're feeling, and really be honest about where you are and how you're feeling. And that's key. So if you have ever had a relapse, know someone who has, and they're going through it, there's some tips that I would say may would help navigate or should help navigate some of that and even if you've never relapsed but you just want to just know this type of information i think it's just better to arm yourself and better be safe than sorry truthfully i know for me i have some of these in play myself just in case because you never know life is life and you can get hit with things randomly oh another thing that i would like to add in for common risk factors is something that i have noticed when it comes to just myself. When I first got sober, I would be considered what you considered a dry drunk. Like I wasn't really trying to do a recovery program. I just said, well, I'm just going to stop drinking. That's it. But the thing that I noticed that would start really amping up mine or that would start crumbling my resolve was like when I was really, really happy. Like I really, like if I had like a crazy um, ass weekend and it was so much fun or a month that I was just like, yes, I'm on fire. Everything is great. That would make me be like, oh, well then wouldn't it just be nice to reward myself? Would one drink hurt so much? Would it be that bad? You know? And so you have to just kind of see when it comes to your own personality, like things that you may gravitate towards and just take stock in it and just be like, okay, I know what this is. I know what my mind's trying to do. And then be able to say like, you know what? I'm just going to acknowledge it, know that it's there and not necessarily act on it. When it comes to the relapse, when it comes to navigating a relapse or potential relapse or just helping support someone who is going through one, I know something that I have done for myself was just create like a relapse plan, which I, for a project manager's mind who likes to plan things out and (laughs) have like risk management and plans and things like that in place for my daily life, for my day-to-day life or my job, this was kind of right up my alley, but a relapse, it doesn't necessarily have to be so detailed or concrete or specific, but just things to consider. Like if you, if something were to go left, you know, what would you do? Right. So I personally believe you should write it out if you, if you can, 
But if not, you know, do what's best for you. Put it in your phone. Talk to someone about it. But basically, it's just knowing what would happen or what you would like to happen if something, if you were to relapse, right? So it could be things like, you know, having reminders of why the, why the drug or why drugs or alcohol is not good for you. It could be the bad things that have happened to you while you were using things that you could afford to things that you may lose. And then like people in your squad that should be contacted if shit really does go down. I know for me personally that I have that and they know because I've told them and it was, and it doesn't necessarily have to be your friends, right? The both people that I know are here just in case, because, you know, I need people locally to like help and assist and things like that. And, you know, it's just something I hope to never have to use it, but you never know. So even if something were to happen, I have something in place to like help support me and, you know, rally around me and like get me back on my, or work with me as I get work to get back on my feet. Seek out help is another big thing or making sure that you know where to go in case that could be friends. It could be family, sober friends, your therapist or coach or counselor if you have one. And then just knowing about recovery and treatment programs, even if you're not in one right now, if you feel yourself wavering or not as strong or solid, they're always open and available to you. I know that I was not in AA. I was not in any recovery program when I first got sober and I decided to go into them, go into one. I think I was like a hundred and something days because I felt myself sliding back so much because I just didn't realize that it was stopping drinking was just a small part of everything else that I was covering up on the inside. And so I had to go because I definitely would have relapsed probably if I just decided not to go and kept trying to do it on my own. And then also something you should look at is just revisiting your boundaries or if you don't have, or you, if you don't have any, start cultivating them or creating them and look at what needs to change or strengthen in your life and how boundaries can play a part in that. And then finally, of course, like don't beat yourself up. I know as humans, we always want to feel like we're successful and we're we feel proud when we do something and we beat the odds and all that shit. But mistakes happen, things happen, life happens. And I know it's easy for me to say, don't feel bad because we would all feel bad. You know, that's just kind of like how it, how nature rolls. But, you know, try your best not to beat yourself up, you know, or if you know someone who's going through it, have just tell them not to beat themselves up. And, you know, and then, and then instead, like once, you know, you're feeling better, someone else is feeling better or what have you like, look at this as like a teaching or learning opportunity. You know, I feel like I've had to take this stance when it comes to how I look at failure and stuff like this in my job. And I kind of apply the same type of lens to my recovery. And while I'm hoping to be really strong in this, but it's sort of like, well, when it comes to my job, failure is a part of life. But I learned, I take that and I make it turn it into a learning opportunity for me to see how I can best accomplish things in the future. And so I'm I'm trying my best or I will try my best to use that same type of point of view when it comes to relapse, you know, even if I'm feeling shitty about it is just look at it and just be like, okay, 
what are things I could have done better? What could I have done differently? What, where was I mentally? Where was I physically when I decided to go down this road? Are there things I could change? Are there things I need to change about myself or my environment? And you, and then just be honest about it, you know, write it down, talk to someone if you have to, but it's just like being honest about where you are and where you want to be. And then that is probably the only way that you will be able to truly move forward in a more, and a try is probably the only way that you get, to, you will be able to move forward in a more healthy manner. So yeah, there's a lot here to unpack. And this is probably such a loaded topic because there's a lot of different um, views on how to look at relapse. Um, this is just mine. If you have a different view, by all means, you know, keep that. But this is the way that I look at it just so I can frame it for myself because, you know, this is something that even though I don't sit there and focus on it and obsess or or anything, it is still something that's there. You know, especially as I look at it, it's like this has been a year and and life is totally different now, you know. But I hope this had some information for you if you need any other information or if you feel like this is something that really hit home with you, please reach out to me. I will gladly point you in the direction or listen. You're not in this alone and you can make your way out of this. You just have to put the foundation in place in order to be successful. Until next time, my friends, take care. Have a good one. Bye. 